Welcome back to the EverybodySuffers.com podcast. I'm Carl Brown. My hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or you can share consolation with others. This is the third episode in a series called Something You Can Chew On. I wrote the book, Something You Can Count On, talking about the Rosary of the Seven Sorrows, and I intend I intended to write a book called Something You Can Chew On about the Eucharist. That may never happen. That's why I'm making this podcast, these episodes in this podcast. And I also intend to maybe put together a short booklet called Something You Can Put On, and that would be about the brown scapular of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. That will have to be talked about at another time, though. This episode, and in fact the whole podcast, is sponsored by Our Lady of Cabejo, brought to you by Our Lady of Cabejo. Please, if you have not learned about Our Lady of Cabejo, she predicted the genocide in Rwanda of 1994, 10 years before that, and she asked us to pray the Seven Stars Rosary. She warned that what happened in Rwanda will happen to the whole world if we don't love our neighbor from our hearts, if we don't say the Seven Stars Rosary every day. The first seven episodes of this podcast are full versions of the Seven Stars Rosary, each with a different focus. Please pray the Seven Stars Rosary. Let's begin this episode in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Lord, help me to say only what you want me to say. Help me to forget what you don't want me to say. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. Our Lady of Kibejo, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first episode of this series was about the Eucharist as the tree of life. The second episode was about the Eucharist as a commemoration, a form of remembering. And in each of these episodes, we're going to be looking at different covenants from the Old Testament and see what they can teach us about this new covenant, this new and everlasting covenant, the Eucharist. And in this episode, we're talking about Melchizedek and worship. Chapter 14 of Genesis is mysterious. It begins with a confusing summary of battles fought, and it involves a character, a bunch of characters who are unknown, and one character who has a prominent role in scripture and tradition, but of whom we know very little. That is Melchizedek. Once again, chapter 14 is so interesting because it begins in an obscure way, and we don't understand the first few words of chapter 14. It it may be lost to history. Either way, This chapter, the battles with these little-known characters, and then the role that Melchizedek plays, tell us a lot about the Eucharist. So what happens in this chapter is that one group of kings fights another group of kings, and then another group of kings fights this group of kings. There's a series of battles, and the battles are summarized with one army fighting another, and then another, and another. Unfamiliar names are listed. Dates are given. But what does it mean? 
So here's my super short summary of this super confusing chapter. It's sort of an, an international version of King of the Hill. One group of kings was defeated by another. Then after another battle, one set of kings defeated the next. In the end, Abraham fought and conquered the victorious kings. So Abraham is truly the king of the hills, or more appropriately, the king of kings. But is Abraham a king? Do you think of Abraham as a military commander? The author of Genesis doesn't call Abraham a king or a general. And to make matters more confusing, Abraham, the victorious military commander, gives one-tenth of everything to another king, Melchizedek. Melchizedek? Who is Melchizedek? We are told he is the king of Salem and that he's a priest of the Most High God. And he offers to Abraham, whose name was still Abram at the time, he offers to Abram an offering of bread and wine. So this is the connection to the Eucharist. And we can see even more of a connection since Melchizedek is both a priest and a king. Later in the Psalms, we learn there's a priesthood established forever in Melchizedek's name. Psalm 110, verse 4. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. St. Paul tells us in the book of Hebrews that Jesus' priesthood is related to Melchizedek's. In Hebrew chapter 5, verse 6. So what does this mean for us? We know that the Eucharist is an act of worship in which we should be making an offering to God. And this just brings that more into focus. Because in our vanity and our focus on ourselves, we can come to believe that we are deserving of our own little kingdom. We can make excuses for ourselves and think we're entitled to all kinds of things. But are we entitled to our own kingdom? without acknowledging God's role in our life. Everything we have comes from God. We should acknowledge God's role in our life by giving back to Him, by making a sacrifice to God. How does Jesus teach us this lesson? Through the Eucharist. He makes an offering to us. He makes an offering to God the Father for us of his own body and blood, under the appearance of bread and wine. His act of sacrifice is what wins eternal life for us. Then, in commemoration of such a great gift, we should go to Jesus, the King of Kings, and we should offer to him not just a tenth of everything, but everything. We should humble ourselves, remove the crown we think we have won, and give it to Jesus. We should make an act of faith by kneeling before Jesus in the Eucharist. We should make an act of trust by giving back to God one-tenth of all that we earn or make. We should make an act of love by visiting Jesus who waits for us in the tabernacle.
make an act of surrender to God in the Eucharist. Show him to be the King of Kings and the Lord of your life. In the first episode, we talked about the Eucharist as the tree of life. In the second, we talked about it as a commemoration of the passion and death of Jesus and the Eucharist, the institution of the Eucharist. And here, in this covenant between Abram and Melchizedek, in this meal of bread and wine that Melchizedek offers, we can see that the Eucharist is a form of worship and that it should require us to give of ourselves back to God because he's given us everything. In the other episodes, I've tried to include a psalm to keep our focus. And in this episode, I want to share Psalm 23, the psalm most people are familiar with and most people have memorized and may not even realize it. The Lord is my shepherd. But I want to focus on verse 5 of Psalm 23. You set a table before me in front of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Because anointing our head with oil is what was done to kings. And filling our cup and setting our table, we call the meal that Melchizedek offered to Abram. So let us let us contemplate the Eucharist in this year that we're going to have the Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis in July. Let's, let's spend as much time as we can contemplating this great mystery of the Eucharist. I'm Carl Brown. This is the, pod, the EverybodySuffers.com podcast. Thanks for joining me. Don't miss tomorrow's episode. We're going to look at another covenant in the Old Testament and see what it can teach us about the Eucharist. And we're going to be looking at Abraham again, but another part of his life. So you can email me your prayer requests at carl at everybodysuffers.com. And either way, I'm going to pray for you. My hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or you can share that consolation with others. Share this podcast with someone who you think needs to hear it. Our Lady of Kibeho, pray for us. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. God bless you. Have a great day.